Yo, 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 yo. What it is, wrestling fans. It's Super Kick Weekly time. What is up? Big Vito T, the brand. Big Vito T, Super my man, how you doing? Weekly. What's up, man? How's it going? What is up, everybody? It's good I to be it. back. I'm loving it. You know what I, I did? like feel like we're getting on somewhat of a regular oh. thing here. You know what I didn't foresee, uh, Vito, when we when we rebranded this podcast? Wow. And I was, um, and it just occurred to me while I was searching uh, for images in my uh, video program, because, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a brand new end screen. So make sure you stick around till the end of the show. Very exciting yeah. stuff. So I type super kick in there, right? And you know what comes up? Like, you know, of course no wrestling stuff really comes up, but you know what you know what comes up? Huh. Soccer stuff. Really? It's all soccer. So then that got me to thinking, like, what if there is some sort of a misconception, especially with our fans abroad? <laughs> that they're maybe thinking that they're getting some sort of soccer podcast, and then our, our here Irish we are. fans are actually looking for a <laughs> soccer podcast, <laughs> and they get a wrestling podcast. I hey. love, hey, hey, if it turns them on to a new thing, good for them. You know, unofficially, of course, but uh, I thought that that would be a nice little anecdote to open up things, Vito, and we're here today, folks. If we're going to cut down to brass tacks, we're not going to waste y'all's time. We don't want to waste each other's time. We're going to dive into a subject here that's near and dear to both of our hearts. Yes. Um, we're going to hop back into the time machine, our wrestling time machine, if you will, Daddy, and go to 2001 <laughs> and the day... No, not a space odyssey, but the no. day that WCW and Nitro died, the very last Nitro, the Raw that also took place concurrent to that. Man, we could probably go on for hours about this subject, so it's kind of hard to find a place to begin. We kind of do this thing, though, where we kind of put ourselves... Uh, back in that state and time. So I know I was 16 years old when this happened, and I remember it semi-vividly. Vito, what about you? I, uh, let's see, March 26, 2001. Yeah, I was uh, rolling up on 17 here soon as well. Man. I remember it quite vividly. Uh, like... Like me and you right now, they were simulcasted. Yeah, and they, they made it. They made a, a very aware that night multiple times, which I thought was uh, very, very cool. Um, but I remember it oh so well, uh, and I remember just being in awe. And I think I was watching. I think I watched Raw more back then mm -hmm. but um but i think i had cable at that time so i had the, 
the flipper and I flip back and forth. I think I was flipping that night. So always great thoughts. And I watching it back, there was only small parts that I didn't remember, but I remembered most of it on both shows. You know, come to think of it, man, I, I've been trying to dig for it and I, I'm glad that you had those details. I don't remember where I watched this or any of that stuff. I want to say if I remember right, I don't think I don't think I had cable at the time. I think if I did watch this live, it was at a friend's house, but God, I don't remember. I would remember, I think, if I was at my house and it was like a really, uh, but I just, I know that things were going on uh, at the time. I mean, let me ask you this. Were you, as a fan, were you aware that like WCW was like being sold or any of that stuff? Or like, where were you like mindset wise with that? Um, I don't, I don't think I had access to the interweb at that time. Right. So I don't think I was smart. At well, that time. well, I mean, right. But, Still, there would be smart stuff in print and like PWI and stuff like that, but just the information would be like really dated. Yeah. You know, so I don't um, think, you know, we were. No, I don't think I knew of WCW. I knew that it was, you know, on shaky ground. Right. Because I was following the, the product, if you will. I would visit, I would try to look up stuff on the internet when I could at that time like at friends' houses and stuff every now yeah. and then. And also, oddly enough, to begin that year in the beginning of 2001, they're in like January, uh, I had gotten this, I guess it was out of PWI, or I don't know how, but I got this like trial subscription uh, to Pro Wrestling Torch, uh, the newsletters. Yeah. So uh, it was like, you know, $6 or something. And you got like five issues or four issues or whatever it was. So I was like, hell yeah, I sent that baby in. And, uh, so if like for that first month of that year, I got those torches. And so I, uh, it, it was very detailed, uh, uh, very detailed stories about, um, Eric Bischoff's, you know, attempt to purchase it. In fact, it was pretty much written in the torch. Like it was a done deal, you know, like WCW, uh, set to sell to Fusent media ventures and Eric Bischoff. And, uh, it was reporting about, uh, you know, like Bischoff, uh, coming in and like, uh, being there, uh, like at one of the last couple pay-per-views can't remember which one it was. It's was probably like the January or, February pay-per-view or something like that. Yeah. Like he was going to be there, you know, and he, they were like doing the whole thing, like prepping for them to take over. And then, uh, all of a sudden, uh, news hits the, uh, the interwebs about, uh, Vince buying it. And I don't remember exactly how I found out about that, but it was, um, I 
knew I, but I, I did know that it was happening and it was over the internet somehow. When, when did you find out Vince was going to buy it? I want to say it Monday, happened. Monday, Saturday. It was, it was, it was like the week of like, literally it was pretty much like the, the nitro had happened, you know, like Monday happened. And then somewhere along that week, I want to say it was like early in the week, uh, the news started coming in about, oh, all of a sudden, Vince is the one buying the company. And it was like, I want to say it was, that's kind of how it played out. It was like pretty much immediate. Yeah, um, I don't remember. By the time yeah, I don't I think I had internet at the time, so I didn't, uh, and I didn't, I don't know why. I used to go to the library for internet when I didn't have it, but at that time in my life, I just wasn't, uh, I just wasn't uh, doing the internet thing for some reason. I think even though my paper subscription had uh, ran out back then, the internet wasn't so much about uh, subscriptions to, to websites and stuff like that, you know? So like, I mean, Torch... I think they did have some sort of like VIP web experience, but at the time you could still go on to Pro Wrestling Torch and pretty much access all of the uh, major news articles. I'm not sure how they have it set up now because now I'm more of a a Meltzer uh, person. When but, I went, uh, when I was in high school, there was a, a website I went to. It was called PWBTS Pro Wrestling Between the Sheets. Okay. And uh, that's the one I used for my news before I ever found out about the torch or anybody. So they probably came from uh, the news articles probably came from Dave, but but that's right. That's, uh, that's the website I used back in the day. They either trickle down or, you know, a lot of the times nowadays, like they're not even the first ones to report stuff. You know, you know it's, that's it's like a. Website. It's like a fightful thing or whatever the other one is. Uh, you know, there's a couple different ones that are like, you know, that drop the drop the big news nowadays. But yeah, it was different back then, bro. Yeah, PWBTS is still a website. That's cool. Check it out. Name drop, yeah. you know what I mean? Check them out. If you, if you never have before... Uh, these are our, our wrestling dirt sheets. And I haven't visited the torch in a while. I wonder how it's set up. But sometimes, you know, they've uh, broken a couple stories uh, just semi-recently. To, just to throw this out there, the very top uh, news article that came out today was H2O Wrestling returns to Williamstown, New Jersey on November 13th. So breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. All right. H2O Wrestling. Williamstown, New Jersey. Water wrestling. Water wrestling. <laughs> no disrespect to water wrestling. The water championship. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, this was 2001. We finally get, I mean, regardless, um, this was, this is what we all, like, wanted to see. I mean, even though we didn't necessarily want uh uh wcw to end you know at least most of us didn't um we wanted uh wwf versus wcw like this was yeah. always uh, this is what we thought we were getting when the nwo hit you know like oh my god like it's happening 
But WCW was just such a, a cesspool <laughs> at the time. It, it was bad. Rebranding. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we have bro, they tried to rebrand a couple times, and it was. We it was bad. essentially have WWE versus WCW right now, but they're not. You know what I mean? Well, now we get it in a different way. Yes, it's really yeah. weird. I mean, just seeing how this was the last show on TNT for, you know, what, 20 years or whatever it was, right? Yeah. You know, om- almost 20 years, like 17 years. Yeah. Um, well, pretty AEW's crazy. it's been for like four years now. So, yeah, uh, 18 years. So uh, we'll go over this Nitro, go over this Raw, and we'll kind of see what comes up. In the in-between time but yes i mean of course as fans pretty much uh a given we had a lot of expectations going in uh <laughs> to something like this but uh you know if you weren't expecting it it would be uh it would be pretty much like so not knowing that it was happening i mean do you remember like if you had it on Nitro at first, and did you see the whole Vince McMahon thing? I mean, do you, I mean, uh, what? I uh, I'm pretty sure I had it on Raw first. Okay, I'm now sure there was, I was a, watching Raw that night. From what I from what I gather, they were off. They were off by an hour, so it would have been Nitro had a first hour unopposed, and then the second hour of Nitro. I believe uh, went head to head with the first hour of Raw, right? That's kind of how it lined up. I was conf- completely confused when I was okay. watching them. The, the okay. Other day. Yeah. I was so trying to figure it out. Just to straighten that out, if you go back and watch these shows, keep that in mind that uh, the first hour of Nitro was unopposed, even though Vince appears on there and has like, you know, segments across this nitro in the first hour. Raw doesn't come on till that second hour of the nitro, that back half. Well maybe so, I was watching Nitro first because I do Right. So it's know. possible. It is very plot I mean, yes, I I think about it as well and I I think back like like wow, you know, like now I'm questioning myself because Vince showed up so I might have been watching Nitro first. Now that you say that. Right. Yeah, because okay. that Vince thing happened at the be so yeah. You had an hour of Nitro and then uh and we'll get to kind of how this all uh the, the overlap in the shows because there's kind of a funny thing that happens. Yeah, but it's really uh weird. <laughs> um I wrote I wrote it down. <laughs> and uh so, yes, we'll start with this Nitro. Of course, the first thing you see is Vince McMahon. And the first words you hear is, imagine that. Right. The first words he says, imagine uh, that. Just in total Vince fashion, you know, uh, just the shock. Uh, but it's it's typical Vince, just a quick little thing saying that, you know, he'll address uh, everyone later and says that, you know, the classic... <laughs> And we've seen this played over and over again. The um, you know, the future's in my hands. In my hands. Yeah. 
So that's what we get. Um, you know, it says there'll be a simulcast, blah, blah, blah. So um, that's how we started. Of course, you know, the Nitro, uh, you know, Tony Schiavone and Scott Hudson are there on commentary and they're, you know, they're selling everything in shock. We do know now that, of course, um, Shane McMahon was down there uh, running uh, their gorilla position and basically running this show, I suppose, uh, calling the shots, booking, yes. booking this thing on the fly. Which You think that's what, what happened? You don't think he let WCW have the last show? You know, I wish I, I mean, do, do you have that information? I wish I had that I information. I don't. I mean, I would but, assume that that's kind of how it went down. I know that it's probably been covered on like the Pritchard podcast or something like that, you know, because he was involved, I believe, at this time on the WWE side. Or no, wait, Pritchard was down there with Shane. So if I remember right, I have heard this on Pritchard's podcast. Uh, podcast and um, they were down there and they pretty much ran this thing and put it put it together from what I understand I did not know that I mean that would just kind of make sense if they were assuming control of everything they they decided who to leave the belts with Um, as we can see in this first match with them having uh, Booker beat Steiner and gain control of both uh, the world title and the U.S. title. Um, so I wanted to point something out here. Okay. Because the, the next thing is the, it's an outdoor show. It's the spring breakout. Yes, Panama. What do you think about those? Oh, I love it. you like those? I loved it. I love those too. Uh, did you, were you the same as me waiting to see who was going to go in the water? Well, you're always waiting for the water spot. Yes. One person's going in the water. Who who is it? Who is it? But I uh, uh you know, the kids were like asking, like, they're like, Wow, why are they on a beach? And you know, even the wife asked, like, Oh, why are they on a beach thing? You know, and I'm like, WCW just did random stuff like that. Like they didn't once care. a year. Yeah. Like once they, a year they surround themselves with drunk young people and wrestled right. around water uh they would have shows at the beach or at uh you know like the road wilds those were all free you know what i mean i wish i knew that in like retrospect you know what i mean yeah and not like i could have made it there but like literally it it, it was free they gave they did not charge it was it was walk-ups from the beach and then a few fans or whatever, you know what I mean? It was uh, same thing here. See, I remembered that it was spring breakout. I forgot that it was night of champions. Yeah. I didn't know that they had dubbed it the, the night of champions either. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Uh, just another, uh, a trademark that WC, uh, that, uh, WWE ended up using a few years yeah. later. Yeah. Just another one of them. So, if it was actually trademarked by them, that is. 
What'd you what'd you think of this Booker uh Steiner match? Steiner. Um, well I, uh before I tell you that, I just wanted to say how nostalgia hit me with the one eight hundred collect uh uh advertisements that, that they had. It's just, weird which ads they decide to leave in. Yeah. I loved it. I love the old one eight hundred collects and one eight hundred call att. I love those things. They were funny. That's what the new uh, insurance commercials are. There was it used to be those, and now it's the insurance commercials. Right. Uh, so uh, uh, the Steiner Booker T match, the crowd was intense. They were into it. They were all over the place too. Crowd was um, hot. Uh, Madeja, I didn't know who she was at first, and I was like. I was like, is that Madeja? It has to be. I couldn't think of anybody else. But mm-hmm. then they announced it as Madeja. I was like, ah, I was right. Good. Good, good. It was a pretty physical match. What are your it thoughts? It was good. On it? Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I was like, man, yeah. it's like they just did all their best stuff within like five minutes. And uh, you know, it was a nice it was nice and quick, but it was like it was a lot better than I remember most Scott Steiner matches being. And I think that it was like, you know, they had like a, a 20 minute Scott Steiner match in five minutes. And that's why it was so good. That's why, that's why it was the best Scott Steiner match because it was only five minutes. It went five Oh eight, man. When Uh, they would have him work like those 20 minutes, those were brutal. It was a reverse power bomb to a book and finish. I thought there was going to be a kick out, but I'm like, oh, shoot, that's right. It's only 2001. <laughs> it's, it's a nitro. So I was like, all right, if that was 2023, he would have kicked out of that for sure. Anyway. Times uh, have changed. The, the, I always thought nitro um, was weird about spring breaks. Like, they overdid spring break, I feel like. It was weird. Cause like back then that was when uh all like, the uh, all the cutscenes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> remember back then, remember Too Hot for TV, Spring Break Uncensored, and they had all those uh like DVD or VHSs you can buy. You know, call us one eight hundred number GG GG dub. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Pour yeah. some liquor out. Uh, wasn't there a documentary made about that guy? Probably. It was. More yeah, than likely. Like just recently. Yeah. Uh, not in a good light for that guy. <laughs> yeah, you think, you know, yeah, they, they knew that he was trash even then, man. Uh, so, yeah, WCW and Spring Breaks were always weird. Like, they sent me, Gene Okerlund, and the Nitro Grills to people's houses <laughs> or dorm rooms. Right. And it's like, what are you <laughs> Uh, I just thought Spring Break was weird with WCW. At least they tried to have fun like that, yeah. you know. Like yeah. they they did a lot of a lot of stuff like that. Never never stopped doing it. Yeah. Uh, nitro parties. Not, yeah, nitro part. That's what they were. Nitro parties. I'm pretty sure yeah. I sent in a nitro party, dude. I know we Seriously? filmed one. I don't know if I actually sent it off. I have to remember, I have to ask 
Dave Bain and if we actually mailed it or if he actually mailed it. Because I if don't not, remember. He has a video of you in on a nitro party. We I had a little a little video, little minute video of our little nitro party. It was pretty lame. Never made it on TV, of course. No, I, I didn't see it. But <laughs> uh then we rolled into something kind of weird. Very uh, weird. They decided that they would have a, and you'll have to back me up because I I have notes here, but I'm also just going off of a thing, too. Um, you want to know what I thought this was? Pull up my notes. Are you, you know talking? I, I, are are we talking about a segment or a match? Because I was about to roll match. into the next match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the match. Right. I watched this with my cousin and I was like, you know what this is right here? When when they first went out there, I was like, This is go out there and try to get a job. <laughs> go impress somebody. Did I skip over the oh I skipped over the flare promo, didn't I? That's how it uh, all started, right? The flare promo was yeah. Flare promo was uh yeah. I forgot about that too. Yeah, so we uh the the flare promo um it was okay, but I thought it ran kind of long. I'm just yeah, saying that. Was, yeah. Mostly the notes I wrote here was 22 years later he returned with Sting. It was a bunch of <laughs> it was a bunch of stuff about Vince and then like yeah. at the end he was like, "Oh yeah, me and Sting are going to wrestle." You know, yeah. when it should have been a lot more about. He mentioned like Dory Funk, Steamboat, and Harley Race. He was mentioning them like they still work there. Like Vince was taking their <laughs> job. And I was like, what? I was like, yeah. let me see your roster page because I don't think they're still uh, lacing them up, man. <laughs> I, I can confirm. I mean, I don't think they were working for him in any kind of official capacity, yeah. of course. I'm almost positive. That's a no. But, uh, so we go into this next match, which was uh, Filthy Animals, Three Count, and then uh, Young Dragons. Yes. And the winner was going to get a cruiserweight tag title shot later in the show, which was I thought was confusing because I thought one of these teams was the champion. Um, um. But... Was it cruiserweight tag team? Did I cruiserweight tag part? team titles? Yes. Wow, I totally missed that part. I guess. Yeah, uh, cruiserweight cruiserweight tag team belts because the um the the natural born thrillers uh kept the the regular tag belts. Wow, a couple totally matches over, later, I totally overlooked that. Interesting. Yes, they had cruiserweight tag titles, which they had just started like a couple months before that. And, um, you know, I thought was a, a heck of an idea. In fact, I mean, if I, if I ran a promotion, I would institute weight classes more seriously. I think that there's a lot of um, opportunity in that, you know. Yeah. Instead of having, like like right now, like in WWE, for example, right? 
instead of having two uh uh two world champions well it's like okay roman reigns is the um like uh he's like the heavyweight champion or whatever and then rollins would be like the like a like a light heavyweight or like a you know middleweight middleweight you know don't make it sound so small you know something yeah you could maybe even uh technically like give roman uh like a super heavyweight maybe say that he's you know if i say like 250 or above you're in the supers yeah or something maybe you could pass that off i don't know what they bill roman as weight wise but i think he he's at least listed at 250 i mean at least I don't know. But yeah, weight classes in wrestling. Why don't they do it more? I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Because they uh, don't want to lump them all together. And they want to have the big guys and the little guys. And that's fine to do. You could still do that. But it's just not going to be for a title. You know? Um, you know? I mean, I, I mean, that seems simple enough to me. I don't yeah. know. Roman at 265. 265, so there you go. You yeah. can say 260 would be the cutoff for the super heavyweight class. Roman could be a super heavyweight champion. Rollins would be the heavyweight champion. And then you can have a light heavyweight. And then a cruiserweight. You know, and if you took, like, each one of them seriously, some guys would be able to wrestle in both. You could just as easily have Roman slim down to 255 and fight heavyweight. You know, it well, would your intercontinental title would be your open weight. You could maybe do something like that. Yeah, have an open weight title. Then you could have uh, big guys versus small guys for a title. Use the open weight yeah. title for that. I'm into that. Yeah. You know, it would give it an extra, uh, a cool little wrinkle. Uh, it would have been cool if AEW would have started with something like that, you know, but they, instead of doing that, they did the, the rankings thing. Yeah. And the, um, and the win loss records, which they've, like they've tossed the, they've tossed the rankings, but still have the records. Correct. Yeah. 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 The rankings are, uh, the rankings are loose. Now it's not so much rankings now. It's more like, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Fair enough. It's like, oh, I beat him and him. All right, well, I guess I guess you can walk up to Orange Cassidy and be like, hey, let's do it. Well, I beat him and him. All right, or I beat her and her. All right, well, Chris Statlander's right over there. Go, go tell her what's up. <laughs> anyway. But uh, these guys all worked hard, and of course, uh, you know, nice, quick, three-minute match full of high-spot stuff, whole bunch of flip dives. My main uh, note, notes, I got two, was I miss Babyface Rey Mysterio. Right. Right? Wasn't he cute? Little Babyface <laughs> Rey Mysterio. Right. Uh, and it was over way too fast. Way too fast. Well, they had to work later. So, you know, yeah. from a union standpoint. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so and I, I, I always like three count. I was, I was a mark for three count. Oh man, I was a fan. 
they brought out those orange yeah, circles why not? or the green circles. Remember that? Yeah. Put them on there, did the boy band thing. And Hayashi, uh, I don't think he ever made it to the E, but Yang did. Gonna, we're going to discuss that later. All these guys, everyone made it to the E, but uh, Courageous never did, and neither did Kaz Hayashi. Uh, no. Slightly. Well, I'll discuss exactly how that went down. Okay. But, uh, um, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed the three minutes and 37 seconds that, that it went. So there was a lot of stuff, uh, you know, like, uh, some, a lot of in between things here, um, with like Vince and it's weird how this went like concurrent to, um, like what they showed on raw. And we might talk about this later as well, but I think the, I know some of the stuff they showed on raw when Vince was in his thing. Uh, I was like, wait a minute, what? That happened on Nitro? I don't remember that. No, they showed different backstage stuff. Right. Raw and Nitro. Yeah, I was like, what? So, like, I'm like, Jared, all the was gross the stuff happened what? on Nitro, which is weird to me. All the what? All the gross stuff. All We're the gross stuff. talk about that. I wrote it all down. It made me feel uh, gross. I wrote I'll talk about it. like right now. Whenever he when it came back to him after that match, he was on the phone. He goes, "You know he's a bad. You know wait. You know he's not a bad talent." And then Trish came in, and he's like, oh, "I gotta go," and hung up the phone. And I was like, "Oh, you know he's not a bad talent." Just talking crap about a WCW guy, you know. These and then uh, his acting when he's on the phone is the worst. And then Trish sat down next to him and he leaned over and like laid down kissing her, you know? Right. And then the cork popped. Oh, right. And I was like, oh, gross. <laughs> you dirty old man. Uh, anyway. And now, that's just, that's now knowing what we know that this, like, the storyline pretty much it's like a dramatized version of what happened with them in real life. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Poor Trish. But, uh, it, it continues. But the next match, <clears throat> we got, uh, Sugar Shane and Chavo Jr. for the cruiserweight title. Yeah. Um, Man, he never got to do the Sugar Shane character uh, in WWE. I thought it would have been all right, but that yeah, uh, was cool. He came out with the Nitro Girls. I thought well, that was kind of cool. Well, he kind of came out as regular uh, Shane Helms for a little bit, but then quickly yeah. they they turned him into the Hurricane. Yeah, very fast. Yeah. Um, but they really pumped him up before the match. Like they gave him a good minute promo or video package i should say like this is sugar shane house blah 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 like i was like dang they're really putting a lot of time into him i was he, impressed he i was, always liked him he was thought to have yeah i mean when the 
the company WCW was high on them at the time. So that was probably kind of one of the things that just like, you know, we're going to stick with this, you know, pushing this guy. Yeah. Um, he was the third member of three count, right? It was him, Evan Courageous, and Shannon Moore. That was three count, if I remember right. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, we get another Vince thing. You know, these are just becoming tiresome at this point, but. Yeah, uh, that's the, the one where he popped the cork. Oh, then okay. We had the, um, then we had the Chavo Guerrero Shane match. Which I th- I thought was a pretty good match. It went four thirty eight. It was it was solid. You know, I had no complaints about it. Um, the finish. The finish was kind of interesting. I thought. Uh, it was a vertebraker, and uh, Chavo took it from Shane, but he held it for a minute, and yeah. Chavo's head was down. And then as soon as he went to drop it, Chavo went, whoop. Yeah, I noticed that too. Oh, he man. He right. Precise. It no takes, danger. It takes a lot. No danger there. Nope. It takes a lot for him to, and he did it precisely too. It was amazing. Good job, Chavo, for taking that vertebraker. Uh, we then rolled into O'Hare and Palumbo, Natural Born Thrillers uh, against Team Canada. Lance Storm, Mike Awesome. Three-minute uh, match. Yeah. I I had a problem with uh, Mike Awesome. He, uh, his name was the Canadian Killer. Now, I, uh, I wasn't exactly sure exactly what that meant exactly. <laughs> Is he Canadian Killer? Like he kills Canadians? Because that's the vibe I got. Like, the Canadian killer. Or, the Canadian killer. Well, it's like the Canadian uh, crippler. You know, yeah. The Canadian but it didn't have the same there. ring. Right. The Canadian crippler is like, I don't know, it just doesn't have the same uh, outcome as the Canadian killer for me. I could see that, I guess. Like, like if you were to say... Uh, baby killer that's not a baby who's who goes off killing <laughs> or cat killer that's that's not a cat who kills people <laughs> i'm just saying that's the <laughs> ring i got from it uh yeah so natural born thrillers all these guys end up with jobs yeah um we're all pretty pretty featured uh-huh. And thought to be, uh, you know, a big part of whatever they were going to do going forward. Yeah. Um, we Ish. then rolled into uh, Stasiak and Bigelow. Uh, they yeah, John Bigelow uh, out here. Right before that, that's also the first time we see Michael Cole in the night. And he looks totally, totally, I forgot he looked like that. Right. Got the frosted tips. The frosted hair, yeah. And then I wrote down Trish is gross because that's the <laughs> scene where they're feeding each other uh, strawberries. And she's like into it. And I'm like, I feel so bad that Trish had to go through this. 
And I just, I don't know. She just, it was just awful. I feel so bad. But she was into it, so whatever. Now it's on to them. <laughs> Stacey, Let I me tell you this, man. It, it looks creepy, but I don't know. Women find power very sexy. So at that point in time, she was probably like, take me, Vince McMahon. Anyway. I'm back to uncomfortable again. Anyway. <laughs> now, was this, did I hear that this is loser gets tattooed? Uh, right. Did I hear that? It was, yeah, I think it was more of a big deal for Stasiak than, uh, than Bigelow. But yes, that oh. was the, that was the idea. Uh, I think if, if Stasiak lost, he would get tattooed more, more oh. or less. Okay. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> they squashed Bigelow out, dude. They yeah. pretty much, like, you know, job him out. So, you know, they apparently had plans for Stasiak, not for Bigelow. Um, it went a minute 24. I wrote down, you know. um, stuff happened. Right. <laughs> That's my only note yeah. I wrote down for this. Um, stuff happened. Stasiak had that little run uh, in the E before this and then had crossed over uh, to WCW. You know, he was meat before this. That was before this? Yeah. I thought, this was, I thought that was after. No. No, he did the meat thing. That was in like 98 or 99. Oh. And then he went, he jumped over to WCW because he was a lower, lower mid Carter in WWE or not on the show at all. So, uh, he, he crossed over because he figured, you know, you're going to love this next note. What's that? William Regal warns Vince that war WCW sucks and he shouldn't buy it. And DDP says stuff. (laughs) Well, it was funny, the Regal thing, because when they cut back, uh, Shivani and Hudson, like, had to, like, play it off, like, we had to call your matches, pal, or whatever he said, you know, he was, like, trying to fire back at him. I thought it was funny, in retrospect, that they pretty much had no, um, I don't think ever planned on, on hiring Shivani or Hudson. Yeah. You know, ever. No. And um, they didn't. Nope. Never did. So, uh, yeah, the DDP thing was weird because if they taped it earlier in the day, right? Like, yeah. and he already knew about it before everybody else did. Just kind of one of those logic things that they didn't think about. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, there's a video package. Uh, Vince, uh, they do another Vince thing, which wasn't much. Uh, then we go into the Cruiserweight tag title match. Mysterio um, Kidman, Kid Romeo, and Elix Skipper. Man, Elix Skipper, forgot about him. Prime time. They never called him Elix Skipper, not one time. It was prime time the whole time. Prime huh? time, yeah. yeah. I was like, geez. But that was a good match. 
a lot of good tag moves in it. It went four forty three. It was uh it was a more extensive version of what they did earlier, you know, with the yeah. with the three way. Which makes me think, you know, why couldn't they have just booked a um like a gauntlet or something? I guess they weren't really doing stuff like that at the time. But I don't know, it just seems kinda of weird booking. Win a three way, oh. get a get a one on one match. I don't know. Primetime did a, uh, it was like an electric chair, uh, straight jacket, German suplex type thing with a bridge for a two count. Did you see that? He always had the greatest offense. It's weird. You know? He's like, threw him back. Oh, man. He's Maybe an innovator it. that gets forgotten about. Yeah. You know? And, uh, MVP totally stole his finisher, which I've always loved. Um, you know, the overdrive or the AKA the play of the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I've always thought that that was like super cool. And going back to which I thought to myself, like he should have gave that move to Booker or something. You know what I mean? They Booker needed a different move than uh than the rock bottom or whatever they he called it the bookend bookend it was but totally he, lame that yeah it was just totally lame that that was his finisher you know yeah it basically it seemed like a rip off yes instead of laying down he went to his knees right yeah it wasn't even a good rock bottom yeah no that i I, I made a note of that, but forgot to mention it. But yes, did not, did not really like that. Uh, we get a sting deal. He was in a bat room. Yeah. Someone spent like two hours hanging up bats in a thing. <laughs> and uh, he does his catchphrases, <laughs> you know, uh, he, he harkens back to the 1996 uh, promo. When he, uh, you know, when he turned into the crow sting about, you know, nothing's for sure. The only thing sure about sting is nothing's for sure, pal. Yeah, it's for sure. <laughs> uh, some for cringy, <laughs> some cringy spring break stuff. Uh, <laughs> pretty much is what we'll say there. Then they did the flare sting match. Now, what happened here, apparently, Vito is this match went longer than Vince anticipated. So he walks out to the ring and the match was still like finishing. So they had to play off this thing, I guess, where he had Lillian Garcia reintroduce him. Yeah. Well, you didn't see that on Nitro. I didn't find that out until Raw. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So basically... But, You're watching this Sting and Flare match, and then it's like they they hug, and then it switches over to Raw real quick, and then Vince is like, he walks, they catch him from basically the ring post, and he walks up the ramp about halfway down the ramp, and then he goes back down, and I was like, did he just glitch or something? And then <laughs> on Raw, you find out, no, I need better respect, renounce me. Right. It's hilarious. 
which she didn't well, even. Well, the Sting match only went 7.19. Sting Flair only went seven seven minutes. He didn't even give him 10 minutes. Yeah, the match was what it was, you know. I mean, Flair has even went on record saying that it wasn't his greatest performance, you know, but it was what it was. He had to wear the shirt, you know. But, uh, but you know, a fitting way to close it out. I mean, I don't think anybody argues that, you know, ever. Yeah. Paul Heyman goes on the call, Vince, the czar of pro wrestling. You know, seeing Heyman there on commentary when we get to Raw here, um, really reminds me about uh just like i don't know i think he had a lot more to do with this whole angle than people realize i don't know if anyone's ever asked really about it but especially when you get more into like how they actually played out the alliance and the and all that i mean i think paul really i mean maybe we'll find that out as we as we go along here um, you know, if we continue on this journey, which of course that's the plan. Um, okay. Uh, what's your thoughts on the next part? So we get the, so this is it. This is the big angle, the Vince shame deal. Yeah. Yeah. How about you start? Okay. <laughs> so, when I was, he came down the ring, you know, I, I bought WCW. Oh, well, oh, I didn't exactly buy WCW. You see, <laughs> you see, I'm like, I'm like, okay, hold on. He goes, see, well, it's signed. Well, it's not exactly signed. I'm going <laughs> to sign in <laughs> right. in a couple days. <laughs> He's begging me to sign in. I'm going to sign it. I promise I will. I'm going to sign uh, it, but yeah. And he, he sets up this elaborate story about having Ted Turner come to WrestleMania, sit in front row, and he's begging me to sign it. I'm going to get to it eventually. It's like, it was so awkward the way he was like laying it out. And I was like, you're confusing the shit out of me. I know how this ends, but. I'm glad it ended up this way because you're confusing. Right. And then he does the ups and downs, like, like some Simon Miller shit. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you know, Hulk Hogan up or down. That was know? that was very confusing Hulk the way he, the way down. he did that. Yeah, I think I think the crowd was like, okay, wait a minute, do we cheer during this part? Or do we cheer during the thumbs down too? Like we were booing the thumbs down. I think. Yeah. Like half the crowd was booing the thumbs down. And he goes and through some the names. Thumbs up. It was interesting that he did that because you know he was just kind of like taking measurement with his audience to kind of yeah. see, you know, and. Pretty much everybody got a pop. Some were a little bit quieter than others. You know, he mentioned Sting, he mentioned Hogan, but the biggest pop was Goldberg. Goldberg. And that ought to tell you, I mean, gosh, that should have told them something right there, you know? But uh, he, so he, still, he, he waited the longest to bring him in. Yeah. 
So when he finally got to the bottom line, he said, firing and burying Booker T and Goldberg and everyone in the world. Those are the two people he mentioned, Booker T and Goldberg, when he when he finally cut to the bottom line. Right. Before, before his music hits when he's not supposed to leave, which is weird. But they shared the same music. Yes. This threw me through a loop, too, because I don't remember. This is pre-Here Comes the Money, apparently. Because yeah. Here Comes the Money was <laughs> the whole point of this angle, right? That's, like, where it comes from. Yeah. So, uh, there you go. Um, uh, so, yeah, this was pre-that. So, I forgot that he did not have his own theme. And, uh, yeah, made it kind of awkward, but it is what it is. So, yeah, that was the last Nitro. Shane comes out, says he, uh, you know, says he uh, has signed the thing. The contract says McMahon, but it says Shane McMahon. I mean, if you haven't seen this clip at this point as a wrestling fan, what are you doing? <laughs> it's been on so many documentaries and everything. So, uh, see if there's a date when it debuted, but I'm guessing WrestleMania. What's that? What date? The Here Comes the Money. I don't know when Ooh, it... Good, good call. Yeah, probably. Because he didn't come out to... He didn't come out to that. I would have remembered yeah. that. Yeah, I don't Because I've watched it. Mania 17 so many times. Yeah. It's well, maybe funny. it's a couple Raws after that. It says 2001. So it's sometime in that year. Um, so, uh, you want to know... I, I wrote down some stuff here. Um, All right. I basically jotted down where what happened to everyone that wrestled on that show. Okay. Where they where they went. So, Lay it on me. Okay. And we're gonna I want to talk about everyone in WCW eventually, but on this podcast, I'm just gonna do the guys who wrestled for this show. Okay. okay. So Booker T went straight over. Steiner did some indies and then went to WWE in October of 2002. Medeja did some indie stuff with Steiner for a year, then nothing after that. Rey Mysterio did some Mexico work and then some indies in Puerto Rico and then finally WWE in June of 2002. Billy Kidman went straight over. Evan Courageous, he went straight over, then got a concussion, and then was rarely seen. Uh, Shannon Moore went straight over to development, and then main roster in July of 02. Uh, Kaz Hayashi had an appearance on Raw, then also on into development. And then uh, Yoon Yang went to development for a few months, returned to Raw in September of 03. Uh, let's see. Shane Helms went straight over, became the Hurricane one month after. Let's there you see. Go. 
Chavo went straight over. O'Hare went straight over. Palumbo straight over. Awesome straight over. But he um, did not stay for long. I'll get to him uh, later on. Not on this video. On the raw video, we're going to, I got a lot more in depth on everyone who came over. But um, Storm straight over, Stasiak straight over, Keebler straight over. Bam Bam did some indie shows until he died in 2007. He wrestled up to six, I think six months was uh, his last match, six months before he died. Um, Elix Skipper went straight over for a minute, moved to develop, and was gone by Christmas. <laughs> so March. March, December, he was gone by Christmas. Kid Romeo wrestled in TNA, never wrestled for the Fed. That's what I wrote here. Uh, Sting did some indie stuff, uh, went to TNA, and then didn't make it to WWE until 2014. 13 years took him. He held out the longest. Uh, Ric Flair did not show up in WWE until November of 2001. Uh, Tony Schiavone never worked for the Fed uh, after WCW. He did work for WWE in Yeah, 89. right, 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 yeah. Uh, Scott Hudson. Wikipedia doesn't even know who Scott Hudson is. So, sorry, sorry, buddy. <laughs> sorry. Erased um, from history. And here's my last thing. Uh, Sting and Flair met on the last Nitro, right, in 2001. Mm. They met up again in 2010 in TNA. They... Whoa, that was weird. They met up again in WWE in 2019. Uh, they didn't have any, like... It was Flair's birthday. That's what it was. Uh, and then they met again... Uh, just two weeks ago in AEW in 2023. So that's Flair and Sting's career meetings. Not necessarily a match, but meetings. Every decade sharing a ring yep. together. Last four decades. So those are my notes from Nitro. <clears throat> well, we will uh, go ahead and flip over to Raw. Pour out some liquor for WCW, though. And, because, um, you know, it would never be the same. We'll, yeah. uh, we'll, of course, dive into this, you know, a lot more as we go on, you know, as we, of course, all had high hopes for what this could mean uh, as wrestling fans, but we ultimately know how it ended up. And we'll talk about the ramifications of that and so forth, be as it may. But for now, we'll switch over here to Raw. Um, let's see here. We come on. Uh, right. So they show Vince in the back with the. Uh, he's got the monitor set up. One is Raw and one is Nitro. And he's got. And like we mentioned earlier, you know, like uh, it starts with the Jeff Jarrett. Um, even though Jeff Jarrett wasn't on this Nitro. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow he was watching Jeff Jarrett on this 
on this live feed of, oh, man. of WCW uh, Nitro. He's so, watching old Jeff Jarrett. I guess, yeah, he was watching old Jeff Jarrett tapes. And um, it's amazing that Vince uh, used the opening of this show, one of the most historic Raws that there's ever going to be, the first order of business is to bury Jeff Jarrett in the open because <laughs> he cost him money. Oh, you know, gosh. Him That's holding. For those of you who don't know the story, Jarrett held out on Vince uh, just a year and a half or so before that, right before leaving to WCW, held him out for a lot of money. Took High, the road dog with him. High six figures. Or was that uh, before that? Jarrett's walked on walked out on Vince multiple times. No, that was uh I think the first time with the whole Road Dog thing. Road Dog, uh, he never went to WCW in the later days. Yeah. But uh yeah, so that's how they open up Raw. Um we get Jim Ross and Paul Heyman, which as noted, uh Heyman's now around because ECW is closed and um, Lawler is having some sort of like legal trouble, I think, at this time or something like that, or was just on the outs with the company. And um, oh, yeah, I think that this is when uh, when they were having that fight over the cat, they oh. fired the <laughs> they fired his wife, the cat, and so he yeah. quit too. So they brought in Heyman to replace him. Um, um, yeah, right off the ahead. bat, can we just agree that WWF, the music volume five, is the best uh, music album put out by WWE? No way. I love it. No way. I love it. I loved uh, either three or four. I think it was the best. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I loved both of those. I love this one. It's got it's got all the good stuff on it. Five had a lot of retreads. It seems like. Yeah. I don't know. It had a. Uh, it had the uh, the rock with the pie on the front. I just thought that the cover was cool, and I'm, the songs on it were cool. I remember three was awesome because that was the first time we had DX. Yeah. Um, I believe it was three what i'm thinking of um three was the first time we had dx is first time we had like a good stone cold one because the one on volume two was like weird he it had like a, yeah him talking in it and stuff and it was like volume what? two was not a good yeah that was like volume two has dude had dude love though so that was man those were all so cool that's when you could the early just, ones were really good you couldn't just pull up you know, uh, themes on the internet. Having the themes was like a huge deal. Um, we had some WCW themes taped on like a tape that we taped off of a tape. Yeah. Because uh, on those one show, uh, I can't remember who was commentating, but for whatever reason, like when they were doing the entrances, they weren't really saying anything. So we had like a pretty good tape 
of of some WCW themes. And um but that was about it. And then somehow I got my hands on a tape of um I don't even know what this was. It was before the full metal album. But uh some sort of WWF early tape. I remember it had the it had the sensational Sherry version of the Shawn Michaels song on it. Okay. That's that's Hold about on, when then. it was released. Uh Dude Love was on the third one. So, okay. The fifth one is the second best one. The third one is the best one because it has the Oddity song. I love that song. <laughs> but I like the fifth one because I like the Rock's Pie song. Oh, okay. That's, that's a really good song. And it also has the K-Quick uh, Getting Rowdy song. Get rowdy. That moves yeah. things. Yeah. So those are the two reasons why I like number five. But the Ozzy yeah. song and the DX song on number three, it was just amazing. Yeah, that was on three. Okay, maybe two was the one that had Mankind on it for the yes. first time. Yeah, number two was my least favorite. Yeah, it had yeah. the Mankind theme on it. Oh, okay. So those are the first two notes I wrote down. Uh, volume, music we volume can do a whole show and, on these CDs, man. Yeah. And WWF New York is the other thing I wrote down because they showed that at the beginning. Yeah, I yeah. always wanted to go to WWF New York. I always, and being in Oregon, that's on the other side of the country. I never knew. I knew I was never going to go, but I always thought it was cool that they had their own nightclub. <laughs> what is it now? Do you know? I have no idea. Uh, let's see here. Let's see if I can find out. Oh, yeah, and then they renamed it The World. It was WWF New York, and then they turned it into The World. Uh, then they closed it. Uh, harder. Get the address. Oh, crap, dude. What? I think I was, I think I've been there. So, wow, dude, this puts me through a loop. I didn't even realize this. Um, it turned into a hard rock cafe. I went to a hard rock cafe. I'm pretty sure it was in Times Square. Um, when I was in New York for WrestleMania 29. So literally, really? I was in the building that used to be WWF New York. Yes, I have been there technically. Wow. wow. And you didn't even know it. I didn't even know it, bro. What? How could you not know it? This is crazy. Uh, for those of you who are wondering where it was, 1501 Broadway, Manhattan, New York. For those of you, I just pulled up the address. This had to have been. This had to have been, man. Because uh, we did stuff in Times Square, I think, like a couple different days. And yeah. um, I'm pretty sure that's that's where we were. I'm like almost yeah, hard, positive of it. Hard Rock Cafe. <laughs> 
I mean, how many can there be in New York, right? Uh, let's there's see. There's a Lids, there's a Taco Bell. Remember that? <laughs> Do you remember that big building right there? Um, I mean, this would make, this would make sense. Times Square. Um, bro, this is it. I have pictures of this place. Pretty sure I do. I'm going to have to look it up. But yes, what we you're were going to have to do is you're going to have to find old pictures of WWF New York and your pictures and see if you can get any of them to match up. Bro, I'm almost positive. I am almost positive that this is it. Hard Rock Cafe. Bro, this has to be it. This is it. Anyway. <laughs> not to get off on a tangent. <laughs> but yes, the Paramount Theater, I think, was right. But I don't know. I'm going to have to go back and look at those pictures, but I'm pretty sure that's what we had. Any hoot and holler. Uh, back to this raw. I forgot where we were even at. <laughs> we're um, still at the beginning. <laughs> man. Uh, so, Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle comes Let's out. Let's talk yes. about Kurt Angle's heat with the gobbledygooker. <laughs> right. Well, Kurt Angle complains he doesn't have a match for Mania. This is, you know... Typical start we've seen. I mean, they, they do this one almost every year. And he's interrupted by he who shall not be named. The nameless man, Chris Benoit. Oh. So, uh, this was weird. How did you feel about uh, just watching this guy talk and this whole thing happen? Well, uh, I my cousin... Uh, is here and he's new to wrestling he's never watched it before uh well sporadically maybe in his life but so i had to explain to him who chris benoit was because he's asking you know who are these two guys wrestling so i had to explain to him so it was rough you know <laughs> going telling him what happened and how come this guy's career didn't go till today <laughs> Running the gamut. So, uh, so uh, it's it's always interesting watching a Chris Benoit match. Let's just let's just say it like that. It's always interesting watching one of his matches because you know, you know, you know. <laughs> you we can't know help but that. Well, but yeah, it's cool. You know. The main thing I felt here, of course, it felt weird, but when it was over and the, they made the whole thing about making each other tap out, well, Benoit does that. You know what I mean? He he ends up getting Angle to tap, so it's like at that point, why even have a match? Angle wasn't tapping. He was reaching for the rope. Oh, okay. Well... <laughs> He gets saved. Uh, he gets saved by Edge and Christian. Yes. Um. So yeah, that was that. We have uh, 
we have that match now set up for WrestleMania X7. X-7. The X-7, the word 7. Uh, we get another Vince thing. He's watching Bagwell and Luger on the monitor, who, once again, two guys who weren't on the show. And, he's peeking um, on them in the locker room. They're just sitting in the locker room, and there's a camera guy. We're to believe there's a camera guy just watching them. And Vince is like, yep, <laughs> there's Buff Bagwell. And right. Lex Luger. Lex Express like, is out of gas. It's like, Oh, and Triple H and Stephanie are on vacation. Let's let's make sure that's noted. And if you took a look at uh, Lex, you would know that at that time he definitely was not out of gas. No. But uh, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Um. We get a. We get Michael Cole trying to interview Deborah. She tells him nothing. They're doing their best to try to build this match between Rock and Austin. Suppose the supposed main event for the show, but of course this whole angle with the McMahons and yeah. Vince's match kind of overshadows everything. Yeah, the main um, event is uh, uh, that they're pumping all night is Rock and Austin versus Taker and Kane. Yeah, for this raw, but you know. Yeah, for this raw. Yeah. Right, but the 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 big picture is Austin Rock, you know, on Sunday. Yeah. Um, I think that's why they were doing this tag thing all night when they're trying to pump it because the Vince and Shane thing. So they were doing their best not to overshadow it. Right. They're trying to keep same amount of time for for both. Uh, we get Taz and Val Venus in a lumberjack match. Val is doing the right to censor gimmick at the time, so we're right in the middle of all that. This is basically nothing. Um, Were you a fan of right to censor? No. Really? I was. I was a fan. It annoyed me. I mean, I knew what they I mean, I I got it, but it annoyed me. On on whatever game was out at that time. Oh, man. The worst music ever, bro. The worst. So, uh, after 52 seconds, there was a, a missed money shot and a Tazplex, and it was over. Yeah. So, Quick little and piece one of, of those business. two guys is still getting work. Not sure which one. <laughs> so, now we get a Regal segment on Raw that's different from the one that was on the Nitro. Um... Talks about his match, does more WCW stuff. Uh, this sh- is peeping on Animal. Who, once again, was not on the show. So it yeah. was very strange how they picked these, they picked these people to bury, <laughs> who weren't, you know, they, they buried people that weren't on the actual show that they were producing. Just yeah. a very, very interesting layer of detail uh, yeah. that they did. But uh, they come back, uh, they show a random, randomly Doink is there. Um, well, they, first there's a, a Tommy Maddox XFL commercial. Oh, wow. Yeah, there dude. You go. Yeah, we were right in the XFL middle of the XFL at this point, man. Yes, dude. Yes. Dude. Yes. 
amazing. Vince was going through this whole acquisition with WCW, getting ready for WrestleMania, had the XFL at the same time, bro. Just the cocaine must have been rampant. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah, then um, Doink, man. I love Doink. Were you a Doink fan? Early Doink, yeah. Yeah. You know, I was a fan. The evil doink, you know, once he turned face, it was kind of stupid. Uh, now, now that we've talked about the doink, I want one of those WrestleMania shirts. Everybody was wearing them. Every, you know, yeah. Lillian, I wish they would Lillian do that Garcia. again. Yeah. I wish they would do that again. That was always a nice touch. So I looked them up on eBay. I found two of them. One's 280 bucks. One's eight hundred dollars. They're both XLs. So, oh my gosh! Yeah, there you go. Insane. Then we got who knows what? Regal versus question mark. I I thought I wrote down Molly Holly, but then I just wrote and Crash Holly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, this was just another little quick thing. Just 28 to, seconds. You know, it just ended up in a, in a, you know, the angle for, uh, for the doink thing with the Y2D. Yes. With Regal, something to set up their match at Mania. And it's funny, there's a story in Jericho's book about this. Um, either the first or second book. Apparently, Shawn Michaels was backstage at this, uh, at this Raw, and apparently Shawn was uh, feeling no pain, as it were, <laughs> and um, so he had to smile for a little bit. <laughs> and I guess Shawn came up to Chris, uh, you know, in the Doink stuff, and was confused. He's like, "Well, you're doing the Doink gimmick now." And he's like, no, I'm just, you know, this is just a thing just for one night, you know, just a little special thing I decided to do. I'm not. And he's like, I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like that they made you doink. And then just walks off, apparently. <laughs> oh, my God. That's uh, hilarious. Yeah. So Sean was not having anything of it uh, and was under the impression that Jericho was now doink officially oh my gosh that's how out of it he was oh man that's awful yeah so now then they're uh peeping on dustin dustin's the next person he peeps on and he tells trish did you know that he was here one time as gold dust and he wanted to put on some real get some real implants <laughs> Yep. And I didn't like that, <laughs> but I like uh oh and he just purrs on Trish's breast for like a good ten seconds before the camera fades out. I'm like, oh man, Trish better got a bonus after that. Uh we come back from a break, they replay this. Uh Coachman uh interviews Regal. Um, 
he makes a match with Jericho for the big show for later on. Pretty much how that goes down. Uh, then they cut to Kurt. Uh, Angle backstage. Edge and Christian come up to him. Uh, they decide to put together a six-man against the Hardys and Chris Benoit. So... But then they just pull out Rhino from nowhere. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Hey, this is Rhino. This is our home. <laughs> right. Like, cool. Was this the first show for Rhino? I didn't catch that. Uh, they showed a video package later on in the night of him spearing Spike Dudley through a table on SmackDown. So he had been there. I don't know for how long, but at least since last Friday. Relatively new. So. Uh, they try to interview Deborah again. Uh, she waves them off. Uh, then we got the the reason for the weird entrance. Oh right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole um, the Vince thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's final. It is, but it isn't. Only I can buy it but I'm buying it next week. Right. So, yeah, we <laughs> oh actually, yeah, so then we have the the overlap of shows, the, the actual simulcast, which would have been the last, you know, 20 minutes or whatever of, of uh, well, maybe like 15 minutes of Nitro and then, you know, this last part of the first hour of Raw. Yeah. Um. So we go through all that, uh, basically, yeah, yeah, more, you know, they go over the fallout, you know, they replay the whole thing over again, just to drive it home of what's just happened. I fast forwarded it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Why would you, right? We've seen it so many times at this point. So, Um, uh, what I thought was funny is when he got to the back, they showed the video of him, probably after commercial, they showed a video of him on the couch on the phone. How'd you let this? How'd you let this happen? You're my lawyer. And he's like, the attorneys ruined it. And I was like, what? Right. (laughs) The attorneys ruined it. You ruined it. Oh, man, I thought that was so funny. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say... They told him that he didn't need to sign it yet or something, you know what I mean? Like, but that's never specified. Um, we then go into the six man parties and Benoit against Angle, ENC. It's weird that Edge and Christian uh, have both cut their hair, you know, here 20 years later. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're both, uh, both, both short heads. Um, my kids, my kids, uh, I can't remember which one, but one of them did recognize Edge. They're like, Dad, is that Edge? And then I'm like, yeah. And then uh, the next thing he follows that up with is, how come there's two Edges? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, no, uh, the other guy's Christian, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, this was before the You Suck chance. Right. I thought that was interesting, a little weird. Edge was responsible for that also, apparently. Oh, yeah. Well, I yeah, understand. They, uh, Edge and Christian held up the signs that said, 
you suck or whatever, I suck or something like that. Yeah, Edge uh, put it as a suggestion during a promo, and that's where it caught caught fire, I guess. Huh. Um, but you know, what can you do in two minutes with this match? All these matches, I mean, this whole show was just little mini angles. So, uh, to to build to mania, which you know is fine, but uh, that's not how it goes today. I don't know why I had this thought, but four out of the five living people in this match work for AEW. What was that? Four out of the five living people in this match work for AEW. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, because you got Edge and Christian, and then you got the Hardys. Matt and Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. The only one who don't work don't there have, is uh, Eagle and the other guy's dead. Right. So. Well, and then there's Lita and Rhino, but Rhino works for Impact. Lita's a rock star, I think, and that what she is. I think so. Uh, so what do we go to from here? Um, we do some more recapping. They go back to what happened on SmackDown with uh, right, Undertaker and Triple H. Question. What's that? Uh, I don't remember who it is, but someone called Stephanie a skank in this little area somewhere right here. Why is that? Why does Stephanie always get the bimbo ho skank? Why is she like, is it because of the she's with Triple H thing? Or Jericho's but she's always... It's Jericho, right? Jericho started it. Yeah. He started he was the first one to call her a skank. Yeah. And then do the whole, you know, bottom feeding trash bag hoe thing. <laughs> and uh The Rock did it too. Uh, what do you say? Like a two dollar two yeah. dollar of a wife. Uh, or something like that. They, I always wonder why Stephanie got that negative connotation about her. They walked that but, back years later. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I don't know. I never guess it that. was just the, yeah. It's never a fan. Maybe she just wanted to do it to get heat. You yeah. know? Gotta have that heat. Um... So, yeah, uh, then we get Test and X-Pac. This is apparently during the uh, X-Factor run because he has Albert with him. Yeah, and they mentioned uh, um, Justin Credible's name, but he wasn't out there. But he was mentioned as part of their friendship. And And Test, Test worked with somebody at uh, WrestleMania 17, but I don't think X-Pac had a match. That's kind of sad. Sad for him. Um, He was kind of on his way out with stuff, but they went 337, and it was, uh, you know. Yeah. Test worked with Eddie. Yes, right. X-Pac. Eddie was a special guest referee for this match. Oh, right, 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 right. right. I forgot to mention that, yes. Uh, um, so at the very beginning, there was a slow count from Eddie, and then right after that, there was a fast count. But the finish was a legit count, <laughs> like right. perfectly timed. 
and I can say that. Uh, it was a crisp count. It was crisp. Yeah, like you said, about three and a half minutes. Uh, it was an okay match. I liked it. Pac did some cool stuff. Tess did some cool stuff. Uh, funny story about Tess is we had the, one of the volume musics, the one that uh, has his music on it. Yeah. And me and my friends were filming our entrances for uh, our wrestling, you know? Yeah. And uh, uh, my friend's music was, I think it was uh, Mankind's music, the car crash one. And uh, that's how he was waiting for that. But one of us accidentally played the test song. So it was like, test, test. This is the... He's like, ah, test is coming to get me. No, not the <laughs> It was so funny. We used to do a thing called the brood walk, <coughs> uh, which whatever, I guess, I think it was volume three. It had the brood, uh, brood theme. Yeah. And uh, we would put that on and just like walk from the living room to the kitchen in my brother's house. Just, you know what I mean? So, like someone would grab a, someone would grab a cup and then the other two would, you know, flank them. And then we just, you know, do the brood walk just for no reason, just for fun. <laughs> you know? Hey, why not? Yeah. Let's do the brood walk, guys. Oh, man. I don't know. That was funny. But, uh, so then they try to bug Austin. Uh, uh, Michael Cole does. And uh, same thing. Just glares at him, walks off. Um... Then Foley comes out. We get a random Mick Foley signing. And uh, Foley proceeds to go into some stuff. He's got his book there. Vince comes out and tells him he, you know, fired him. He he, basically go away. Uh, He then reveals that he has uh, a tape he's going to play. And so he shows the tape. And apparently this tape was taped like a couple months beforehand. And uh, back in December. And it's him and Linda McMahon signing a bunch of documents. And this would be the. um, uh, What do you call it? Oh, I'm back. Okay. Hi, folks. I. I had my eyes closed for a second. I didn't even know you left. Uh, (laughs) But uh, this would be the genesis of so many uh, things that they would do with Foley over the next couple years. He would show up and and pull out one of these contracts. Yeah. Foley used the term utility of jackhammer deeds. Maybe a little foreshadowing. I wrote that one down. (laughs) Like the genetic jackhammer? Yeah, Maybe. that's what he was talking about. But yeah. then he's like, you and your utility of jackhammer deeds were so you didn't do a good job of being a genetic jackhammer. Um, and uh, right after this, I noticed, uh, I think that's when Vince took a bite of the strawberry and spit, it, spit out. it out. Yeah. Uh, there was no Trish since the Shane uh, package. I took notes. I know. That I noticed that, that too. Video. Yeah. I wonder if that was. I guess you know. She told. She told her to get video. out or what? Yeah. 
She's um, like, you, you didn't get WCW? She doesn't want him now that he doesn't have it, yeah. Um, but yeah, long story short, uh, Foley uh, pulls out a contract and says that he's going to be the ref for the Vince and Shane match at Mania. Yeah. So, which was a lit match, by the way. I mean, that whole show, probably yes. my favorite WrestleMania. But yeah, that, uh, you know, that's when Shane did his, uh, the coast to coast for the first time, AKA the Van Terminator. Van Terminator. Which we talked about we did. a few episodes I back. I learned that. But yeah, so um, they replay some stuff and then we get Jericho Big Show. So we're driving home this uh, this match with Jericho and Regal. Big Show, I don't believe, worked on Mania 17, if I remember right. Um, maybe for a hardcore thing, but I don't know. Oh, no, wait, uh, yeah, yeah, he was in that three-way. Uh, that's right, the, the Raven... No, no, that was the year after. No, Raven was already in. So, yes, I think they did do a, that was Raven Kane Big Show. Yeah. A mania, but yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I just want to point out, this uh, Y2J Big Show match went 242. Um, and I uh, just want to say that Y2J and Paul White are going to be a tag team. Uh, here in I think uh, a week or two in AEW. Right. A long history of working with each other. Former tag team champions in WWE. You know, of course, you know, later on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this plays into the whole, yeah, we get Kane and we get Raven at the, you know, at the tail end of all this. That's right. Yeah. I felt bad for poor Timmy White. He was the ref in this. <laughs> he looked pretty confused. The friendly Lost tap. shit going on behind his back. The friendly tap, Tim White. Um, so uh, we get a little rock thing where he uh, yells at a backstage grip. Um, I uh, get a thing. Dudley's at, at WWF New York. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, they had the big TLC match, so yeah. And they have uh, the commercial, that uh, the Chef Boyardee commercial with the Hardys. Have you heard about this? No. I okay. missed this. So there's a Chef Boyardee commercial where the Hardys are doing like moves and then it's like for uh, ravioli, super ravioli or something like that. And they're doing moves to this guy in the ring, and they don't show the guy's face at all. It's just a quick thing. But um, later on, uh, I think it was just like last month or something, uh, Matt and Jeff did uh, Hey You, you know, the Hey EW with uh, RJ City. Right. They did it together, and he brought up that commercial. And they're like, oh, yeah, the guy they wrestled, uh, I could be wrong, but I think it was Christopher Daniels. Oh, wow. The guy that was in the commercial. And they said when they went to eat the, the ravioli, it was cold. And oh, it was wow. gross. So, but uh, um, go watch that um, that video. 
Interesting. They talk about that commercial in there. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I mean, you know, being a, a California guy, I think he got a lot of calls probably like that back in the day. Um, so, uh, you know, we get a little bit of Rock Austin, you know, preparation for this match type deal where they're, you know, conflicting. Uh, so they're not on the same page, but of course, Undertaker and Kane are. This is, of course, the uh, we still got the uh, badass version of Taker here. Yeah. Um, I did the keep rolling, rolling, rolling. You're right. I had to do it. Yeah. I had to do it. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, you're either a fan of that era of Taker or not. You know, it's one of those things. I think it's fine, you know. It was a nice change for a little bit, but then it was nice when he returned again, you know. But, uh, so yeah, this goes 446. Uh, was a, you know, your, your standard main event, I would say, yeah. uh, for the time. That was pretty good for a four minute match. Um, the main thing is we are building to this WrestleMania 17 clash, of course, uh, Rock and Austin against each other. I have Taker and Triple H. Um, thing set up here. Kane is in the hardcore match. Um, Triple H so is yeah, back Triple H, Triple H is all of a sudden right, all of a sudden back from vacation. Which, by the way, um, man, and I forgot to mention this when uh, when it happened earlier, but the uh, the Limp Biscuit My Way video package for the oh, yeah. for their match, epic, one of the best of all time. Yeah, it's like there's that, and then there's uh, the Ric Flair uh, Creed. Uh, retirement video, they're like neck and neck, or like the greatest. Oh. And then I thought the ending was pretty good. There was a huge beer bash, and then a rock hit the Stone Cold Stunner. Thought that was cool. Did you catch that they were drinking Bush in A? Yes, <laughs> Bush. I thought that was cool, but not just Bush. Bush in A, non-alcoholic. Oh, I didn't see that. Go back and watch it. There's a big red N-A on those cans. Oh, no. I will go back and so, look at it now. So they must have not been able to drink as part of the performance or something in Ohio. I don't know. I think there's different regulations when it comes to that whole thing. Or maybe they just didn't want Austin getting drunk at the time. Maybe he was trying not to drink for a minute. But yes, very interesting piece of trivia there. So, um, um, at least that time they were in A's. I just want to throw out a couple quick. Uh, or first, do you have any thoughts on that, Raw? Before I go on to a couple numbers. Well, as a whole, I mean, what else can you say about it? It's historic. Uh, the matches were nothing to write home about. Um. But it was historic, 
and was definitely an interesting time and an interesting thing. You know, like I said, uh, uh, just the the burial of certain people with the, that was the main priority uh, from the WWE side. It was officially the end of the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, yeah. Officially buried it down. Pour out so. some liquor for it. So hit us with the facts, Vito. Okay, this is weird. Uh, for <laughs> for the people who wrestled on this last. Uh, on this last uh, Raw, or last WCW night of Raw, okay? I worded that way weird. <laughs> Seven of the guys work for AEW. Three of them, three guys still work for WWE. Four of them are dead, and one's a mayor. <laughs> so, there's some, there's some wow. numbers for you. <laughs> of course, there's some other guys left out, you know, some's a Hall of Famer, some... The odds are against staying. Yeah. But there's those numbers. Uh, Now, I told you what happened to the guys who wrestled on Nitro, but I'm going to tell you what happened to the guys Vince was perving on. Uh, Animal did some indie stuff for a year, then TNA, and then he came back to WWE in 2003. Dustin uh, came back. To WWE in June of 02 is Gold Dust. Um, Buff Bagwell went straight over, but for not very long. Now, this is the interesting one. Lex Luger. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lex Luger did not come back, did not come right over. Okay. Nope. He did uh wrestling world wrestling all-stars, which a lot of people did right after uh WWE. Yeah. Uh, or WCW went under, and then he did some TNA stuff. But check this out. In 2001, Luger began began working again with WWE on their wellness policy. In regards to this role, he stated, I actually work behind the scenes with them now and again and with their wellness club. I counsel a lot of their athletes on nutrition, wellness, and exercise, and taking care of their bodies. That's another thing that WWE is being very proactive now with wellness department and really train these guys with health and nutrition and drug prevention. We're trying to prevent the young guys, this young generation of guys from going down the same path as we did back in the eighties and nineties. And it says 2011 to present. Yeah. I knew he had some sort of role with them. And has for years, yeah, been loosely associated with the company. He's been uh, on their payroll, um, and I guess it's still current. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, from you know, from what you say right there, it looks like it, he's still doing that. As far as Wiki says, I mean, yeah. you can only trust them so far. I mean, now until he says otherwise, I guess that's the story. Now, do you want to? Uh, would you like to hear every person that WWE signed when WCW went on, went under? Sure. We'll run through those real quick. Run through them. Okay. Here's here's who uh, here's who they brought up: DDP, Booker T, Billy Kidman, Chavo Guerrero, Chris Canyon, Hugh Morris, Lance Storm, Buff Bagwell. Fired after a week. Oh, and this is uh, wrestling figs. Dot com. 
the forums on wrestlingfigs.com. Um, Bull God is the person who posted this. Um, Mike Awesome, Sean Stasiak, Stacy Kubler, Tori Wilson, Chuck Palumbo, Sean O'Hare, Mark Jindrak was sent to, to development, Shane Helms, Shannon Moore sent to development, Johnny the Bull Stamboli sent to development, um, Jamie Noble was sent, Jimmy Yang sent, Reno sent to development but never used, Disco Inverner, Inverner, Disco Inferner. Inferno. I said it again. Holy crap. Disco Inferno was sent to development, never used. Sanders, development, never used. Courageous, development, never used. Skipper, development, never used. Last Laroe, development, never used, which is sad. I like the Raging Cajun. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Corporal, uh, Corporal Cajun. I liked him. And this is the worst one. Crowbar. Sent to development, never used. That's sad. Nick Patrick got his contract. Charles Robinson. Uh, Scott Hudson was a commentator, let go after first appearance. Stevie Ray commentated, let go after first appearance. That's who got. That's who got the deal. Seems like a couple of those guys at least had velocity matches a time or two, which I guess would make sense <laughs> yeah. if they were in development. Yeah. Um, and they would have just kind of thrown them in on velocity to get a look at them, probably. Remember that happening with a lot of them. Um, yeah, no, I mean, as history would teach us, um, there were contracts. We had the regular WCW contracts, and then we had the Time Warner contracts, basically, that were um, controlled in a different way that was for all the big stars um and apparently most of them went for years um you know i don't really know exactly how it all went down but the only guy that well one of the only guys that denied their money um was ddp you know he he opted to go ahead and take the WWE route. And uh, maybe Buff was under one of those deals too, possibly. Um, if so, they really screwed him. Uh, but we'll get into all that. Yeah. Um, they go into WrestleMania 17 here, which I'm not sure we'll cover. We'll probably just jump to the Raw afterwards. Um, or whenever this all picks up again, because if I remember right, I think this kind of, uh, it, it gets forgotten about for a month or two after Mania. I mean, at Mania, they have the guys show up, they have Shane or whatever, they have the guys up there in the skybox watching the, the show. But it's not like the night after Mania, they kicked the angle into gear. I think it took a month or two because we got the uh the two-man power trip thing for a while with triple yeah. h and stone cold and uh then they decided to do the invasion thing like a couple months later after triple h got hurt and so on and so on so we'll have to kind of pinpoint uh 
whatever show the invasion angle starts and we'll pick up from there. Yeah, and uh, I was going to finish out this show by giving some soccer scores because, <laughs> I, because I didn't want to let as people well. down fully. But there are so many like leagues here. I don't know. I don't know who. I mean, there's a Spanish league, German league, and they're all scores from the day. Italian league. There's the MLS. Yeah. There's the UCL. There's a, I don't know. Yeah, I don't so, get it. I don't get it all. So I'll just uh, I'll just say you know, um, a lot of people. Uh, Real Madrid won today. So Irish Real soccer Madrid. rules. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like nib high, nib um, high football rules. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I uh, let's see here. Yeah, I don't know anything else. So, a bunch of these other ones I don't recognize here. So, if yeah. you want the English, the English league, uh, Preston North End beat Black Blackburn Rovers, so that's pretty cool. Uh. Yeah. So. Hell yeah. There you go. Can't complain. <laughs> so join us on this journey, folks. We are going to uh, talk more about the death of WCW, the invasion, how it was handled, and we'll go take a week-by-week pictorial of that leading up to the invasion pay-per-view. Um, from 2001 join us on this journey because we're going to continue it the only way that you'll be able to continue it with us is either follow us on the podcast platform that you've chosen or if you're joining us here on youtube or something like that um, make sure you're subscribed and followed and all that good stuff anything else you want to add before we wrap this up i just think this was a great idea and i'm looking forward to the rest of this journey and i hope other people are too this is this is the easy part because we actually kind of remember this this part right but actually we'll be able to dive even deeper next time uh and run everything over with a fine tooth comb so yeah please join us Vito, my man too sweet me on the way out here let's do this we're gonna roll this brand new end screen we got i hopefully we'll see you next time folks over and out ted turner